Reggae Uprising podcast family and welcome to another episode. If you are fresh and new to Reggae Uprising, it is all about connecting people of the African diaspora through wisdom, overstanding, inspirational stories, all backed by a soundtrack of sweet reggae music. So each and every Wednesday, I have a new guest who shares their journey and also has seven reggae selections that they share with us. But Reggae Uprising podcast isn't the only show that I do weekly. No, 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 no. Every Monday I do Reggae Uprising, which is me, yes, yours truly, Daniil, singing either reggae covers, original reggae songs. I've done reggae songs in various different languages as well. If you check the archives, it is all there. Um, And that's every single Monday I put those videos out just to give you some motivation on a Monday to make you feel good, to take away those Monday blues. So that's another thing that I do on a Monday. Um, So if you want to check out the archive for either one of the shows, whether it's Reggae Uprising on a Monday or Reggae Uprising podcast, which you're now listening to, which is every single Wednesday, all you need to do is go to daniel.co.uk where you can also get my original works. You can find out where, where I'm next performing and all that good stuff, all those high vibrations, all that music. And of course, you can also connect with me as well. So if you want to, you know, feature in a future episode of this podcast, for example, just get in touch via the contact page or via any of my social media, which is also on daniel.co.uk. As well as the regular episodes that I have for my newbies, for my newcomers, um, I also occasionally do some special episodes. So we've had triumph over adversity specials we've had mental health edition specials we've also had black history month specials a whole heap of specials that we've had for the podcast um so if you want that extra hit of inspiration or you want some specific inspiration check those out as well via daniel.co.uk Right, I think it's about time we had some music. So we're going to get started with today's guest's first selection, which is Count Ozzy and the Mystic Revelations, Naya Bingi, Jamaica. Greetings once again from the Rastafari Brethren. Domicile on this former slave plantation island, Jamaica. Jamaica is an island in the Caribbean. They say Caribbean, but if I remember clearly, it was carried us beyond our borders. Not by free will, but by force. Force, like in 1565, when John Hawkins was given a royal charter from Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth I of England and her personal ship, the 
SS Jesus of Lubeck. To transport slaves from Africa to the West Indies. As the history states, his methods were crude, though effective. <laughs> He just landed on the Guinea coast, seized 300 Negroes, and prepared for the Caribbean with his human cargo. They call us human cargo, but I say it like an infradig. Rastafari Bridging Conception. the love and the study of the Bible, the history of man on the earth, and since there's no limitation on man's faculties, we derive the conception based on the divinity and the character of his imperial majesty, Emperor Haile Selassie I of Ethiopia, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Conquering Lion, this week's guest was instrumental in initiating Luton's Afro-Caribbean education and culture organisation and staging many black cultural exhibitions. He has also worked with Sakuxan Sound International, Jazz Shaka Sound, Jungle Man from Birmingham. Also many bands such as one of our previous guests, the Cimarans. As well as this, has played all over Jamaica with his band, The Tree of Life, and on returning to the UK has released his own works. But his creative works don't stop there as he is also a sound engineer, has his own studio and has produced international documentaries. I would like to welcome Rasta Ra'ai. Greetings and welcome. Yes, Daniel, give thanks for the invitation to come on your program, you know. And I really admire the work that you're doing, you know, for, for I and I still, you know, um, so I'm really grateful to be on this program tonight. And I want to say um, I give thanks to your listeners, you know. Um, I want to say one love, peace and joy to each and everyone. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Can you tell us the reason for that first selection we just heard? Well, this selection is um, by Count Azzi, you know. Well, from... From early on, you know, from childhood days, you know, I grew up on um, Count Azzi drumming and um, Rastafari teachings, you know. The Count Azzi has been really um, special, really, within the Rastafari music, you know, Count Azzi and the Mystic Revelation, you know. So um, it's a spiritual sort, you know, the, the drumming music really is a Naya Bingi chanting, you know, and it has been... The music really that keep us going within Rastafari is a strength to us that we, we have stories about what actually is happening. Even though we are in Jamaica, we don't, you know, they um, happen to get a better understanding of what is going on in Ethiopia. 
internationally and man like counters he was able to disseminate you know this knowledge really through the music to us and this sort of a music we connect with what he's saying you know because it's something for us um in those times when we were getting very little about our own existence you know our own past you know our own developments so in Nayabingi especially with um Counters and the mystical revelation, yes, I would say them play a great part, not only in my life, you know, but um, all, all, all the people really that is in the struggle, especially the black people and the Rastafari nations, you know. So he's been greatly honored, you know, um, a legend really to us. I think everybody knew Counters from that time. The younger generation of today may not be familiar with his music, you know. But um, this music will always live on, you know, it's like a part of our own heritage, you know. So this is why I select this tune, Fountasy and the Mystical Revelation. Well, speaking of heritage, and as this show is obviously based on in the foundation is heritage, can you tell us of your heritage, please? My own of heritage? Mm. My heritage, you know, is, well, our, our foreparents were taken, you know, from Africa over 400 years now and taken to the Caribbean. Um, you know, the, 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 the idea of, the, of, of the, um, the slave owners was to try to get us to forget about our own existence, our past, you know. So um, I would say that my heritage comes through the Rastafari teachings. You know, that's the only thing we really have that is African, you know, for us, in, especially in Jamaica or in the diaspora, you know. So I would say that um, Rastafari is my heritage. And um, I've been in the Rastafari personally, you know, from I was eight years old, you know. That's when I was born, really, at that age. There were Rastafarians around at that time, you know. Even though... I would say that the system, you know, or the government, you know, did not like Rastafari. They fight against Rastafari. But Rastafari did not bow to their authorities, you know. They want to go. They, they, they never see King George or the Queen of England, you know, as their king, you know. You see Emperor, you see Emperor East Latiai. And they never want us to really show that, you know. So, it is our heritage and, you know, we have to fight for it, you know. We have to stand up strong. We have to a lot of sacrifice, you know, because our heritage take on the dreadlocks, you know, and the dreadlocks is part of our resistance, you know, like resisting what they want it to be, you know, and we are taking on something different and that's the fire I have on fire and, and the oppression, you know, because Rastafari see the oppression and they want to fight against it. Some of us may heal to it, you know, but there's a certain amount of us, which when sometimes when I look into it, we are saying, well, we are the Kushites, you know, we are the original fighters, you know, we don't really bow, because His Majesty never bow, you know, all the, the, the war that is going on around him, all the, the threats and things them that is around Rastafari, even myself living in Jamaica, I could see the amount of fight that we got, you know, the elders 
you know, my young Rasta that I see the plight really of the elders of Rastafari in Jamaica. You know, so I see that um, as a nation, as a people, I think not just for myself, you know, I think as for a whole, you know, we're all the same, one people going through the same thing. Is that um, all of us, whatever we do, it counts, you know. We just have to think as a nation and that we have to think about our, our, our own destiny, you know. So our heritage is around Rastafari heritage. So with that in mind, when you were growing up, who were your role models um, and how did you first... What was your first experiences with Rastafari? How did that come about? Well, yes, I can remember, you know, um, um, when I was about um, about 10 years old, you know, I was going to a school in Montego Bay and um, Jamaica. And um, where, where I lived, there was um, a mechanic, you know, a Rastafari brethren, you know, named Babsy. And he was a mechanic and he would usually do some work just at, at the gate on the road, you know, outside of my where I live. And he was smoking her all the while. So one evening when I, when I left school, you know, I always hung around him, you know. And one day he gave me, he just passed his gift me back. <laughs> and when I take toothpuff, boy, my head started spinning up, you know. And um, I went up, I went up into my house and went and laid down on my bed and the bed started spinning, everything started spinning. You know, that was my first, experience of the herb, you know, really coming from a Rastaman, you know, and we know that Rastafara is known for the herb, you know, and the dreadlocksness, you know. Um, well, I left Jamaica when I was about 14, you know, so it wasn't long after that still, but during that time in 1963, we had the, um, the Coral Garden massacre, where the um, government of Jamaica said, all Rasta. You know, it was a dread thing going on around Rastafari at the time, and I, I was living with my, um, you know, my, my auntie that was taking care of me because my mother was in England at the time. Um, I didn't get the chance to go into Rastafari more than so, you know, at that time. So it was only when I came to England, you know, and I'm living in Luton, and I growing up and um, the music, like as I said, like. Counters of the music started to come up from Jamaica, you know. I started to realize more what is Rastafari. Um, and I really started to grow relaxed now, you know. Um, yeah. So who were your role models then? Who did you look up to then? Sometimes I think um, Bob Marley was the one, you know. A um, man like um, Burning Spear. You know, because they were the musicians at the time that started actually singing and, and, and about Rastafari at the time, you know. Um, man like um, Ura, yeah, the Ura, you know. There was man like Ras Carby, a good virgin. Um, yeah, but I think Bob Marley was, was the most inspiring, you know, you know. Of, of my thing because um, 
love that him came with really and I can see that that's what Celestia I deal with, you know what I mean? There's some Rastafari that wouldn't sort of uh, um, go out and do things where Bob Marley would have gone. You know, they said, go to Rasta now, go to go to them places, you know, go perform. But Bob Marley did, you know. Just like, say, boy, sometimes you have to, if you want to save somebody, you have to, you have to go um, to the place where, where it's dangerous, you know, because that's where they are, you know. So, being a Rastafari, I understand that, you know, we have to go through the world and spread and spread the word of Rastafari, spread the love and the harmony you know, to, to the people them, and let them see you and see how you live and things like that. And they will get a better understanding of Rastafari more than to stay away from the people them, you know, and say, well, you need, you need a Rasta. Uh, for my understanding, you know, Rasta coming in this time, coming like when Christ did come in that time, so people perceive it to be, you know, like a new, something new, you know, and they need to get to overstand it, you know? So, I would say Bob Marley. Well, Peter Touch is another man as well, you know? Mm. And he was a, he was a one of the realers. But I think I've been closer physically to Peter Touch more than even Bob Marley. Bob Marley is a more of a spiritual one to me, you know? Even though... When I was living in England at the time, Bob, when Bob Marley came to England first, you know, even before he started dreadlocks, you know, I was living in Kilburn, you know. So he would come to our house and get a draw and things like that, you know. But then, as I was saying about Peter Tosh, is very close to me. I used to be chef one of the time, you know. <laughs> you know, there's a time when, yeah, I'm a part of Peter Tosh's story still, you know. And um, what I have learned from him, because um, he's a man, he doesn't like the crowd around him, you know. Mm. He, you know, I, no, yeah, he's a time when he came off tour and he came to Negro. And I was in Negril at the time with my band. And he saw me, you know, on the West End Road coming up and he called me and said, Rap Rasta, you can get a place for me to stay. And he said, Yes, man. So I'm in Negril, I'm in no Negril. You know, so we went down to Barbie Barn. On the, on the beach, you know, this this villa belonged to a black lady I knew. So, you know, we we, we, we took together to stay there, the room there, villa. And we stayed there for months, man, and he said I mustn't leave him, you know. I have to be cooking for him and fish and things like that. Because the man loves fried fish, you know. Mm. But during this period, you know, everywhere in God just name him go. And during this period, what I have learned from him you know, is about the spirituality, you know? I, I, it's like me and him talking, but we're not saying anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is that peacefulness. It's like you're talking, you know, asking questions and man answering your man. You know, it's like you're talking, but there was no word in it, and we were able to live like that, you know, for months, you know? And it's a great inspiration that... Every day that I live, man, it's like I am walking with them bridging. Their bridging is walking with me, you know? It's like, like it's a spiritual connection. You know, it's like he's my strength, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, this is why, these are the, some of the reasons why I do what I do, you know? And I do not wait on people who tell me to do anything. I know what I, what I am to do, you know? 
Wow, it sounds like we've got so much to get through, so much history, so many different journeys and paths that you've trod on. But um, we need to squeeze in another selection. Um, yeah. Israel Vibration, we all go in to sing the same song. Why did you choose this selection? Yeah, well, it's a message of Rastafari again, you know. Israel Vibration is a Rastafari group in Jamaica. You know, even some of the Virgin Jam, you know, they, you know, their their um their leg is not very good, so they have to walk with sticks, you know. Um, but still, they are able, you know. Still, they are able to do things, you know, mm-hmm. and to do the great work of Rastafari. Because when they sing, you know, it's like you can feel it. You know, you can feel the passion. You can feel the love. You know, these are the things that bring us together. You know, this love. Love bring us together, you know, but but war divide us, and and this is why we are about Rastafari is about bringing people together, and we are we, you know is a one that Israel vibration you know was able to use the music, you know, a platform to bring people together spiritually, you know this is why I really see what they are doing and I honor them and you know they can represent Rastafari, you know, a Rastaman. Here we go with Israel Vibration. We're all going to sing the same song. We all gonna sing the same song. We all gonna sing the same song. All gonna sing the same song Oh, whether you're a baba Or whether you're an orthodox Or whether you're a binky not to Or whether you're a twelve tribe of Israel We all gonna sing the same song All gonna jam the same jam. Uh. We all gonna chop the same chop. Chop. So if you argue, fuss, and fight, you're giving hypocrites the right to say that you can't unite. My God, didn't fight. All gonna sing the same song. We all gonna jam the same jam. Jamming. We all gonna chop the same chop. Can you tell us more about your works in the community in Luton? Um, I came into Luton, you know, in uh, about nine. 66, you know, my parents came up, I mean, the earlier, ending like in 1960, something like that, you know, or years before that. Um, my mother had three of us, you know, I was the last one to come up. You know, so, um, 
living in Luchin, really, at that age, you know, I went to school still, you know, beaching school, you know, in, like a secondary school. And after that, I went to Constable uh, School of Further Education. And um, growing up in Luchin, still, there was nothing really for the black, you know, coming from Jamaica, you know. And um, being, and it's like something was missing in England, really, you know. Um, there was no nowhere for us to go, you know, that we could meet up together, the black black youth that was living in Luton, you know, young people. There was nowhere to go. The, the black elders, they had, they had a church to go, but um, we, the younger people, didn't have anywhere to go at that time, you know. So, especially for our culture, they usually have a couple of dance, you know, call it house dance, call it blues dance at the time. But it's only once a week I could keep, you know, like on a Saturday night. So, but there were certain certain things missing, you know, and we should get a lot of um, harassment from the police as well, you know. Not really doing anything, but they just harass us. We call it racism, you know what I mean, why they harass us. So, being a young man there, you know, I see that there'll be a necess- necessary for us, you know, to sort of uh, implement something for our own self, you know, like all of it, you know, our own culture, because we start to hear the reggae music and, you know, the Rasta music coming up, and we feel like, you know, something is missing here for us. So, I decided that I would make an approach, you know, for of my other virgins, and I went to the... Um, with the council, you know, at the time there was a Mr. Maran, you know, um, he's a community officer at work with black people, and you know, but he's a he, he, he's an Englishman, you know, so you you will understand what what we need and what we want. So I I ask him if it's possible for us to get a building, you know, because at that time there was a lot of empty building around the place. So, um, you know, keep squatting them, like, you know. So I decided that I would really ask him for one, that I could fix it up, really, and use it as a community center for, you know, the black youths and can come in and they can learn something of their culture and have a place where they can, you know, um, community, community, the community for themselves. You know, so that, that the building that done to the road, Number 15, you know, we're there taking care of it, you know. That of you started to come on there, we started to do a lot of things, you know. Um, we started to invite other black organizations like um, um, African Center, Manuel Jagedi at the time was running it, you know. I would invite him up there to really show us about the work he's doing. He was doing sculpturing, African studies. Um, Linton Creation Johnson is a good friend of mine, support. He came as well, you know. What we did, we did an exhibition at the library for two weeks, just highlighting about African Caribbean culture and inviting speakers um, from different Caribbean islands, you know, from, from the High Commission here in the UK. And we had visitors from all over, it was big still, you know. But what happened, it was the 
100 year celebration for Loon at the time that, you know, and we were able to include it, you know, getting a thousand pounds at the time funded to try to plan our vision, you know. So that was something going on that we could really um, look out for the young people still, you know, because sometimes even the police would lock them up and then, you know, we, we would have to go, to go down to the police station and ask what they have done, what did they do and things like that, you know let them know that somebody is looking out for them. Um, you know, some of, these are some of the things I do in my community, you know, towards um, um, highlighting our culture. But, you know, I returned to Jamaica and, um, well, also what I did in my town was um, doing some promotion, you know, so I would um, rent a venue, for example, and you know, uh, higher down in system from like London, like Sir Coxon, Ajashaka, you know, and um, like Jungleman from Birmingham. Sometimes we had, and another sound would call him um, Ital Earthquake. Sometimes we'd have four sound in one hall, you know. So this is how the sound develops still, you know, from them times, you know, and then, you know, that sound man, they really, um, they have different kind of set, set up, you know, so sometimes it become like a competition as well, you know, in the dark or the sound is better, you know, um, which is playing the better track and things like that, you know. So there was a lot of fun still in the music that we had here, you know. Um, but there's always a crave for me to return, you know, because I never liked the cold weather. And and um, I was really uh, missing, you know, the sun and liberty that I had in Jamaica. And even being here at the time, you know, I was able to go into, um, into Ghana through the organization that I was, uh, I was the president, you know, the, um, the chairperson this organization, Afro-Caribbean and Cultural Organization. Um, we were able to um, recruit in skilled people, you know, that were encouraging the youth them to take up skills, things like that. And I, at the same time, I was in touch with um, Mr. Rollins, you know, the, at the same time, he was the, um, the president of Ghana. So I normally would write him letters you know, in Ghana to let them know that, you know, we can send on skill people, you know, towards helping their economy, you know. So we would write letter and we would write letter back to me, you know. So I went on to Ghana at the time and, um, you know, I was, they treat me like a king, you know. I stayed at the Minister of, of Agriculture um, home, you know, and um, they very care of me, man. I was there in Ghana at the time, moving around, looking, you know, searching out for other Rastafaris that were in the, there at the time, and um, found some of them, you know, and um, in about a couple months there and returned back to England, you know. I was still yearning to go back to Jamaica, and that's why in 1980, I, I, went, I went to Jamaica, you know, that's where I started out with the band, The Tree of Life, Jamaica. Yeah. 
We are going to get onto those works most definitely, but we need to squeeze in another selection. Um, so we've got Ras Michael and the Sons of Negos. New name, Jagat. Why did you choose this selection? Yeah, it's very important, you know. <clears throat> the holy word Rastafari came about, you know. Um, because now that um, Rastafari is seen as the is seen as God, the Almighty, you know, and Jah. Normally, the, it's a name still that was called, you know, as God, you know, Jah. The reason one normally say, praise unto Jah, Rastafari, now, you know, because Rastafari comes a new name, Rastafari. So the new name, Jagat, so the new name for God, you know, is Rastafari. And the new name, it's, it's, when, you, when you say Rastafari, the whole world trembles, you know? Um, and one would say, how, how come the whole world will tremble by his name? Now, when you look at it, you know, and you see that in 1930, when I uh, was crowned, King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, mighty conquering lions and the tribe of Judah, all 72 different nations of the world went to his coronation. And all of them had to bow, you know? So he's, he's, and he doesn't bow to anyone. Everyone has to, all the nation has to bow to him. So he's an the unbearable king. And I and I as Rastafari is unbearable because we don't, we don't bow to Babylon, you know? We tell Babylon who His Majesty is. And they can't really say, well, no, no deny I and I as, you know? Of, of our rights, just to call him God, and to take him on as our king, you know? So, this is why the name is so powerful, you know, that um, I think personally, you know, I think everyone in the world should have a picture of his majesty hanging on their wall, you know? To what him bring to the world, these people should see, should really take a, 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 a um, Another look at his majesty, because, you know, because of the hypocrisy in, in the system and the prejudice in the system, really, that people are so occupied, you know, that they don't really check fully who his majesty is and what he represents to humanity, you know. But this is why in my life, myself, you know, keep talking to people, giving the liberty of Rastafari, you know even taking the sacrifices, because they talk about privileges. You know, Rastafari never have any at all, until His Majesty. The only privilege Rastafari is within himself, because he's, 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 he works, but he's pay, you know, he's, and I look to His Majesty. And I pay, you know. So, we have to work, you know. But, you know, that what we work, what the work that we do is, for his majesty, you know. So, Rastafari represents life to each and every one because what he comes in, you know, is peace and love. You know, that is why the word is terrible, really, to a lot of people because they want to war. They want to fight for things, you know. And we shouldn't be fighting over earthly possession because all of us come here and see all these things on earth. You know what I mean? Maybe that time that it's going to end, that people, all people, they're going to leave it said way. 
you know. So Rastafari bring a, a different teaching, you know, for humanity in this time, you know. And that's why it is Eden no like your name, you know. And the only reason why they don't like Janine is because they are dealing with the truth. Truth and right. And it's not about any earthly things that, you know what I mean? It's not of truth and right. Here we go with Ras Michael and the Sons of Negus. New name, Jagger. A new name, Jagger. the different sound systems um in your experience what are the vital components of a killer sound yeah really <laughs> due to my experience the killer sound now you know is the one that's got dubs certain dubs that nobody don't have you know like just press you know new tracks and the killer sound might have a heavier bass tone you know so when he turn up his sound, he's going to cover the other one, you know. And he's got to be mellow, you know. Mm-hmm. So who, who in your experience then, who got your highest ratings back in the day for the, the best sound and who do you rate now? Well, in nowadays, you know, you don't, you don't hear sound again too much, you know, because, uh, because of COVID. Even before COVID, you were fighting against you know, these systems then that were set up really to sort of a pattern, you know? Mm-hmm. Because the back is about the weight, you know? And as I said, the weight comes first because if you can cover a man's sound, it's like you wipe him out, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you can play the tune then that the people prefer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can, the people will just want to hear your sound, you know? But um, nowadays, really, we don't hear much sound system nowadays again the way it's supposed to be, you know what I mean? Because everything is decimalized right now and we can't, you know? But, okay, um, then. If you're not going to give give us... A, it sounds like there's too many to choose from back in the day. Like, which sound, in your opinion, has left the greatest legacy? Which, you know... Um, sir, sir, I would say... Um, sir Paxson. You know, in England, you know, Lady Coxon, 
international sound was the number one sound, you know? And then and then Shaka came up still, you know what I mean, with a heavy dub, heavy dub sound, you know what I mean? And he made his name as well. But Taxon was the original sound in England, you know, where every night he play, and whenever, whenever he play, he plays full, you know? Mm. Yeah, and in Birmingham now, you, you have like Jungle Man, you know? This top sound in, in, in Birmingham at the time, and Sir Christopher, have different sounds come up, coming up, you know what I mean? Mm. But but my my favorite sound really was um, Sir, Sir Cox International. Okay, we're going to move on to another selection, which is your works. So I'll let you introduce it and tell us about your works. All right, Natty Works. Mm. Natty Works, yes. The story around Natty Works, you know, how, how I come to be this, to write this track, to write this lyrics, you know. Is that um, I was here and... Um, one of my brother, you know, he was sick, you know, my elder brothers, you know, my elder brother, he was sick. He had, he had um, some mental problem. So I told him that, um, let me and him go back to Jamaica, you know, let us go home and, and let him take a break, you know, and see if he would feel better. So he said, yeah. So I said, okay, we're going to buy a ticket for like February. So when the time come around, because he was living in London. When the time came into February, I went to him and I, because I booked my ticket, I said, book your ticket, man. I'm saying, change your mind. So I said, boy, all right. So I still go. So I went to Jamaica. While I was in Jamaica, <clears throat> in two weeks, I got, I got a telephone call saying he died in an accident. You know, so he was run over by a van. Man. And I said, look at that. It's like, I was trying to say, maybe I was thinking myself, I could I save him? I was meant to maybe save his life, you know, but maybe I couldn't be able to do that, you know? Mm. Um, so that song, that's when that song came about, and I said, Natty works, you know. Um, I have got, because when I lose my bigger brother now, you know, it's, put, it's like he put on more thing on me, more responsibility, you know, mm. on me, you know? do what I have to do, or maybe something that me and him did have to do, you know? Mm. Dream is not there no more. I said, Rasta, I have a lot of work to do, and I can't let this feeling down, you know? I have to I have to move on through, because <clears throat> so much of my other brethren has, <clears throat> has been before me, you know? And yet them one they know, it's like, it's like we have to do the work that they do, you know? Like they live again, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we keep on, we keep on, <clears throat> we keep on living other ones, you know, our, our ancestors' life, you know? Most it's definitely. Like no like one, yeah, it's like they never die. But we keep on living their life, you know? And they live, it's like they are always with us, in a sense, you know? So they never die. Nighty work. <laughs> I'm a African. I'm a African. 
just got to move on through Not doing some farming Mama doing some higgling too From morning till evening I've got to move on through Marcus Gavin, my one of them Paul Bogle, my one of them Sister Nani, she are one of them Handsome Shaco And Mr. Manley, my one of them William Gordon, my one of them Prince Emmanuel, my one of them And many more should rise up industry with your band in Jamaica and your works then when you return to the UK you touched on it a little bit but can you tell us in more detail maybe some of the experiences you had with your band in Jamaica and then how you came to be in the UK you know doing your works more as a solo project okay yes yeah well in 1980 when I went to Jamaica you know it was about even I said, brother, the elder brother, who was down there before me, as I said, before, you know, a lot of, some of us, we wanted to repatriate back to Jamaica. So he went, and he took with him one of his daughters, about seven years old. But she died, you know, while he was there with her. And he called me to come down here and give him a hand, give him help, really, financially. And I went. And um, but he, he had some instrument down there. So when I went down there, he came up. So I took over the instruments, you know. And he was in the country. So I took, I took up the instruments with I didn't return. I took up the instruments and I went into Montego Bay. The instrument. Place they call Lendevan. I was not over a fear area, but I'm a musician. I never fear anything, really. So, was there for a while and I link up with a, a man in a musician called Barry Sadler. Barry Sadler used to teach music at the boys' school in Kingston. 
he plays every instrument that elder man, you know. And he's got a son called him Massop. And we started there, you know, started to rehearse and, you know, recruit few musicians in our base. One of the other musicians was um, Alpanelli's um, sister, son, called him a robot, you know. So the music, few musicians well live in that era. And Jamaica full of musicians, really, you know, but in Montego Bay, there were few musicians living in the area. Yeah. So, in no time, we recruit a set of musicians. So we have a drum set, you know, we have a guitar, we have a keyboard, we have a mixer board, we have the ultron song, we have the microphones. We are all set. So after rehearsal, few months, set up that we go and look some jobs. So we apply, you know, into Negro. We could get some work. We drive a higher van and drove into Negro, the old musicians, you know, all of us. And straight away as we reach into Negro, we get a work, you know. There was this gentleman that had, he had three clubs, you know. And um, Mr. Wallace, his name is, in the Western Road, Negro. He said he would like to hire us to play, you know, for him. And um, he's got a bar on the beach in the Western Road. And that's where, you know, we started out at the Western Road. Then three nights a week, you know, he hired us a villa and we stayed at the villa. So automatically we just moved from Montego Bay and living into Nigel. You know, <laughs> overnight, like, uh, everything mm -hmm. was provided for us here, you know. Mm. And, um... You know, we work for him and played independently as well. When we're not working at the club, you know, we go out and do our own thing. For over 15 years, we are in Negro, even before the tourists were so plentiful, you know. In, in the, in the, the starting of the big industry, we're massive now. And um, I was there for a while that I decided, boy, I'm going to go to the hills, you know, you know. But Negril sort of get a bit, where uh, Peter Toshula said, you know, shitty. Because <laughs> there was too much things going on there now, man. Too much cocaine and things like that, you know, and prostitution because of the tourists. You know, development, it's and things with it, you know, tourism, you know. So I said, no, and I went into the hills, you know, with my band, you know, and we had a club in the hills and, just kind of play around, you know, for you know, the villages and around, you know. Different people might hire out the, van, the, the band and go and play for a while until um, I started to do some farming as well, you know. In the hills, being in the hills, we have to do farming, you know. And I'm there until my mother came into Jamaica and decided she, she would like to take me out to England, you know. In 2001, and that's how I, I returned to, to England, really. But it's when I came up now, because, yeah, because I was the owner of the band, I didn't really was writing any music at the time. Yeah, I wasn't, you know, I was actually playing the rhythm guitar and managing the band, setting up and things like that. It wasn't until I came back to England in 2001, I am. Um, I decided that I'm going to do some recording, you know, 
So I started out, even it was Kush, my brethren, would take me to one of his brethren's studios with the chin. And the, the first song that I actually um, recorded was a track called Come We Deal With Love, you know? <laughs> and I first recorded it. Yeah. What a journey. Um, and in your journey, you've, you know, now moving forward, fast forward, um, you're working with different artists. And we're going to hear one of the artists that you work with. Terrible Time is is a track that we're going to hear. We're going to hear from another artist as well that you work with. But I'm going to hear this track first. Is there anything that you'd like to say about this artist and these works before we hear it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible Time by the Virgin name, I Cycle. Otherwise, you know, his real name is I- Ivan Brooks, you know. Well, it's, it's about um, four years back now that I went, you know, because I go back and forth, you know. From I came up here in 2001, I go back and forth very regularly. And I decided that um, I was going to build a studio back home, you know, after I developed my music, doing a lot of recording. I realized that I, it is better for me to um, develop my skills, you know, around um, recordings, you know, and um, programs, things like that. And um, it would be easier for me because going to studios costs a lot of money, right? And if you were just, just every, every time you want to record or want to practice something, you have to go to studios, it costs a lot of money and still making nothing out of it, you know. Uh, music is like a, 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 a love, you know. So I tried to learn about the programs. So when I returned to Jamaica, I decided that I'm gonna set up a little studio. So I, you know, I got some equipment from here. I take it down there, and while I was down there in the hills, you know, um, on a virgin, a few. I mean, in Jamaica, everyone, you know, is like an artist, you know. But this particular virgin here, I cycle. You know, he's got a heavy voice. He's got a great voice, and he's got a good spirit as well, you know. And what he really is talking about is very positive, you know. Because a lot of ones, a lot of talk, but sometimes a lot of them can be very negative. But this, this young man, this young Rasta man, cycle, you know, work well together and it's not the only one tune I've recorded with him you know so I even I was saying that <clears throat> I even went to another studio because I wasn't up to that level at that time to record him and everything so I had to go to another studio one of my virgin studio in Jamaica and record that song but this song here man everybody love it it's playing in Jamaica um within FM Antigua Bay you know everybody loving it and yeah, I, I, I'm sure that these are our now. We love it, man. I cycle. Terrible time. Terrible time. Rastafari always on my mind. Sila. Never gonna be like them, Jaja. Never gonna be like them. And even though we born and growing at the den, never gonna be like them. Never gonna be like them, Jaja. Never gonna be like them. 
And even though we born and growing at the den Never gonna be like them Them kill you for the hype Them kill you for the strife Them kill you for the moments in a the spotlight Them kill you for the Oscar bicycle and bike Them kill you for the jet away you use make the flight Them slow you in a day so not trust them in a night You will save them find out have a beautiful wife Them crucify you like how them crucify Christ Them sell you like how them sell Gabby if you rise Never gonna be like them Jaja Never gonna be like them and even though we born and grow in a the den Never gonna be like them Never gonna be like them Jaja Never gonna be like them And even though we born and grow in a the den Never gonna be like them be aware of the wicked people them Cause them no love your like how them love the vehicle them What? No love now go reach you then If them no not love tell them to seek again Find it within and share amongst your friends Cause every man and woman forget her strength Yo every boy and girl forget her strength Yo me no matter who started or who last thing a full time the people them cut out the madness Me hear the youth a rebel tired of this blackness So why them keep love locked up as a secret Me see calm me find the carry such a sweetness No matter how tall it them me have to reach it I'm parasilas the eyes they preach and teach it The children of the world need it That's why I know you chant Jaja music Never gonna be like them Jaja now we've just heard the works of iCycle Terrible Time. Obviously, I'll leave those links in the description for everybody so you can connect and also, you know, support these artists most definitely alongside our guests' works, of course, of course, of course. But we're going to hear from another artist that you work with um, and her song, It's a Rough Light. It's a rough life. Is there anything that you'd like to say about these works before we hear them? Yeah, rough life. <laughs> oh my, rough life. That's what we know, man. Hey, going to the ghetto, you see, man. People talk about ghetto youth, right? What the poor man friend, you know, see. Yeah, you saw the system really um, stay, and when people talk about racism, they don't understand what you talk about, you know. But when you're going to certain places. Really, you can see that better could be done. But the people them who can do better don't want to do better. You know, they don't want to help the youth then. You know, they don't try to do nothing for the youth then. Mm. Everybody have to try to fence themselves in a kind of crisis. You know, and, and because of that kind of a system, the youth then turn to crime. You know? And they want, they, they, they have, because them, they have to survive. You know, so when I see that, really, I have to try to do something, you know, for them kind of community there. So my thing is to go into the community and, you know, and to go into the community. For some time, where and the community come to me, right? And um, I want to record them, especially, you know, if they got this potential and that potential is because of their character, you know, as a person, you have to be a... You have, to, you have to be sensible, you have to be smart, you have to can take reasoning, you have to be ready to learn, you know? You have to have, you have to make a stand, you have to talk about, you have to have it about morality. If you're a singer, you're a teacher, right? So you have to know your responsibility if you want to, talk, if you want to get to people or deal with people, you know? 
these are the things with good character about this particular artist that I take interest into, um, you know, spending my own money and time to record her and to put her out there that she can be able to help not just only ourselves but our community, you know, because if we can empower one, you know, that one can empower, you know, <laughs> a thousand, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it just goes on, you know. So, yeah, and um, as I said, rough life. You know, we all know what, maybe some of us don't know what rough life can be. You know, just deprivation, you know what I mean? And um, you have to just take what you get, or, you know, you have to do things you don't want to do. You know, that is a really rough life, you know what I mean? Poverty, the, the, no infrastructure, nothing for for the youths to, to look to that can help them really in a positive way, you know? And so, you just have to um, understand that it does exist, you know what I mean? Mm. And we can do something about it by, um, you know, don't be afraid really of the ghetto, don't be afraid of people because they know of this side one, that don't be frightened of people because that of people like to think like, say, why, you know? No one is really dangerous, it's how you deal with people. To deal with people with respect, you know. You know, just be nice to people. People will be nice to you. It's when you fear them. It's when you look down on them. You know, it's like you take out something different out of them. You know, it's like rejection and things like that, you know. But, you know, I have to live really. If you're rich or you're poor, you know, it's who you are. It doesn't matter what you have, you know. It's the kind of person that you are that is a, that is good. And that's what we want, both of people we want. All we know good in you know, we can try to put, you know, to can encourage, you know, and strengthen you to keep getting the best out of you. You know, that's what, you know, we can do to others. You know, we don't give up on anybody. So rough life is, it does exist and, um, you know, everybody, and have, you know, have to make a mistake. Now, sometimes mistakes, some of these things are forced upon you, you know, or, I hope you understand the rough life. Rastafari. Here we go with Tanisha Wedderburn, aka Harmony. It's a rough life. How did I see Mama Wayne Bortola? She's a Bambayako. You see.
job and never think about the crisis May get caught up in the niceness It's only ever be Can you tell us more about your international works in documentary and filmmaking and within these works that you've done, any standout moments that you've had, any places that you've been, any particular things that you've documented that really, you know, you want to share with us? Yeah, um, well, I started out, you know, on <clears throat> documenting, you know, the idea of that, um, you know, uh, my realisation, you know that we have to capture, you know, our moments in time as, as part of our own history, you know. We have to try and catch these things really that we, we can show them back and to see what we have done, you know, what we have been through. Not only that, because um, our history has never, you know, taught to us in school like that. Now we have to be doing a lot of research and things like this to bring it to the people, you know. Um, we have to also... I have to also think that I have to tell my own story and don't rely on any other source, really, because um, it may not be accurate, you know, if somebody else really is dictating our, our history to us. We have to do our own research. So, by that doing, you know, um, I, I bought a camera and start to... Um, Whenever anything is happening in Luton, you know, because I always live in Luton, really. I get a march, I get a centenary, I get a, 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 a dark month thing going on, carnival. I always draw my camera out, you know, and document something and sometimes sharing that, you know. Now, in 2016, while I was here, you know, there was a, was a global Rastafari exhibition. That was to take place in um, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. And um, one of the persons that was involved in it, you know, because the far I checked me and said to me, say, boy, you know that I do um, camera works and editing and anything like that. And, um, you know, we want to collect some history about um, the far and the diaspora in England, you know, as a part of as a part of our exhibit and also to um, do research about around His Majesty, you know, and he's been here five years in exile from 
but what she did was really you know, not to go into too much details of what you did because I think a lot of people can do the research really and find out for themselves also. It's about in 
Uh, when I went to Jamaica again now, another documentary that I did that I, you know, I think is very inspiring as well. That I call um, the chronology of Rastafari in, in 2016. I went to um, Jamaica for the um, commemoration of Emperor NCI. Emperor NCI visit to Jamaica. Um, the 50th anniversary. While I was there, I actually take it on to say, well, I'm going to interview, you know, after um, filming the whole event because Emperor Selassie's grandson came. Um, there's a great number of people, thousands of people turn out, and a lot of people from all over the world turn out, and um, representatives from all different black organizations. Our organization, Africa, the Caribbean, England, USA. You know, I decided um, I'm going to interview some of the Rastafarians to let them give us, you know, for the public a better understanding of what Rastafari means to them, you know, how they see Rastafari. You know, so that is another one that I think is very important as well because Rastafari, the people need to understand, I think, more. Rastafari is not nothing alien, you know, it's about our own liberty, it's about our own lives, it's about our own togetherness. It's, 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 um, it's, it's black people culture, you know, and not only black people culture, it's human, human culture, you know, that's the way we, we were meant to live, we were meant to live in peace, love and harmony, you know, do unto others as you love them, do unto you, it's what Rastafari brings. You know, so this is what I am trying to use, you know, my documentaries really to sort of bring to the public, to the people that in a Rastafari and know what Rastafari is, you know, is um, it's about our own health, our liberty, you know, it's about the, how, how we see each other, it's about how we see everything around us, even the animals, you know, is how we communicate with things. And if we if we show that love our Rastafari teachers, we show that love, that love will return to us. So this is what Rastafari, you know, we have to use power, what we have, the tools, you know. We try to use this to make a difference. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your works with us. Like I said earlier, we're definitely going to put those links in the description um, so people that can show the support for your works and also the artists that you're working with and, of course, the links to those documentaries that you just mentioned. So please subscribe and show love um, and share these works because it is so, so important. Um, We're going to finish off with your final selection, which is Burning Spear. Man in the Hills. Can you tell us why you chose this selection? <laughs> man in the Hills. Oh, man. Burning Spear is a serious bedroom in a way. Oh, my. The man that give it, make you feel so peaceful, you know, in yourself, you know. When you sing a song, man, you feel, you feel like you feel the hills feeling, because the hills feelings, you know. The peaceful feelings, you hear the bird that sing, you know, and the breeze, the leaves, them singing, you know. Like, the man in the hills, man, it's, it's where nature is. That's where everyone wants to be, you know, at peace with themselves. 
regardless what is going on and you know what I mean, the amount of uh, war that is going on is every day. But man, man endeavor really is to find peace within himself. And that's what the man in the hills really present, you know? Mm. Peace, peace of mind, you know, be one with yourself and nature. You know, and that's a very beautiful feeling and that's what the burning spear has actually give to the people in, the, in, the, in, this, in his songs, you know? Not only in this one, but in all his songs. But this particular one is a one that every time I listen to it, you know, it starts to bring me straight up to the hills, you know? <laughs> burning spear. I know his father, you know, his father, and his father know Marcus Garvey, you know? So, Burning Spears are one that I know, you know, as I was personally, I know is from St. Anne. And um, his dad normally would go to Marcus Garvey's um, meetings, you know? So, Burning Spears is coming from really, you know what I mean? And, and Marcus Garvey is the one that comes from St. Anne's, where he's from the same parish, you know? It's like um, Bob Marley. It's a sentence of a special thing about it, you know. <laughs> but yeah, burning spearman, ever, ever, ever blessed. Well, thank you so much, like I said, for all of your wisdom, all of your stories, your whole journey serves as inspiration yeah. to all of us. So thank you for taking your time today to share all of that with us. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, man. I, yes, yes. I really appreciate your invitation, man. And, and I really love the person that you is, you know, the spirit that you is, you know, the place that you are, you know, within yourself. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a full of lies, you know, and, and love. So I'm really honored, you know, I'm feel blessed, you know, to can reason with you and share share with the eye, you know, to the people out there, you know, Rastafari, you know, as much as I, I have learned and I have overstanding within it, in the liberty as well, you know, because we are all here to teach each other and to learn from each other, you know, as one. So I give thanks, enough blessings and more blessings to the eye, enough love to our listeners, Rastafari love, Eastern love. Well, I hope everyone's enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure you're back here next Wednesday for a brand new episode. I hope you have a wonderful week and I am going to leave you with the sounds of Burning Spear, Man in the Hills. As always, blessed love. Come along, my brother, come along. Let us do the things we supposed to do for over mother. Come along, my sister, come along too. But if we should live up in the, 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 live up in the, and if we should live up in the, and if we should live up in the,